Hey, everybody, this is Brett. Welcome back to uh, not quite the podcast, right? It's Friday. Fridays around here are about free bonuses. We have an enormous supporter-only content section at School Sucks Project and on Patreon at patreon.com slash school sucks. And I'm so proud of so much of what is behind our supporter-only paywall, whether it's on Patreon or the AV Club, that I needed to just start getting it out there and saying, hey, look at this stuff that we've done. You know, all of you who are sitting there on Friday with no media left to consume, you've run out. And, you know, we've been creating uh, supporter-only content since 2012, and a lot of it, there's no need. You know, I'll be honest with you, there's no need to go back to 2012 and watch videos of the After School Sucks special. Uh, that was a, a bonus show, our first bonus show that we did when we were on uh, LRN and we were streaming the show live to video to YouTube. Yeah, there's video of that, but I don't expect those to be getting lots of clicks. In 2016, we started using Patreon and I tried to be uh, more discerning about, you know, creating things that were worth people's time. This is supposed to be a kind of value exchange here, and people support the show. I certainly don't want to be wasting their time. So with that, I started to be more careful about what is bonus content, and uh, we set up several series, uh, The Discomfort Zone, In Pursuit of Utopia, The Picture of the Month Club, and we're working on a couple of new ones now. But then there's also a lot of standalone productions, and that's what you're going to hear today. And the reason why I decided to post a portion, the final third of my 2018 appearance on the Contra Cruise, that is Tom Woods and Bob Murphy's cruise, I was remember being uh, nervous about it because I thought it was like a, a lot of people who weren't familiar with School Sucks. I knew it was the audience of their Contra Krugman podcast, so a lot of really sharp people. I had to... Uh, give a speech in front of all of them. And it turned out to be such a wonderful and rewarding experience. And I was thinking about it recently because 14 days ago, on July 10th, I was a guest on Bob Murphy's podcast. And I've been waiting to repost it. He just uh, put it up this week. And I was going to create like a streamlined version of it for you because, you know, take out stuff you've heard in other interviews and all that. Ah, but the next episode is uh, 666, and Bob is a man of God, and I just didn't, I didn't feel right about that. Ep episode, what will be episode 666 of School Sucks Podcast is in the can. You'll hear it next week. And also, uh, episode 667 of School Sucks Podcast is complete and being edited. It is with Isaac Morehouse. He will come back, and we are going to talk about news and memes. And for those of you who enjoyed the last episode of the podcast, I'm sure you will enjoy this as well. So this post from, uh, I think, October of 2018, what you're going to hear a preview of today, I uh, give a speech on the Contra Cruise, and then it doesn't get finished, right? Because I turn it into more of like a, a workshop. I take lots of questions during the speech. We run out of time. Uh, alarms on the ship start going off as we're pulling into a port somewhere. So Tom found another venue and another uh, time slot to finish the talk and do more of an AMA. And that's what you're going to hear today. The audio quality of this part is not as good as the audio quality of the first part, but the entire audio, which is the speech, the workshop, the AMA, it's all linked in the show notes for this little preview. So what you're going to hear today is about 25 minutes. It is the home stretch of the AMA, one of the Contra Cruisers. 
asked me what uh, the question that I dream of being asked when doing a Q&A or an AMA, and it's right there in the title of this MP3. What are your thoughts on the moon landing? I said, oh, if a lot of these people there were more familiar with me, they would have suspected that I planted this guy in the audience with that question. There's another conspiracy theory question later on in this audio uh, as well. And Tom chimes in a couple of times on these subjects. So it was nice. It was informal. It was relaxing. And uh, was one of the highlights, obviously, of the event for me. There's a great story in here about getting into I was I, w I went on a date with a college professor in Pittsburgh and we got into a fight about politics while we were eating sushi. Never take a first date out to eat. This is all in this audio, so I, I shouldn't give too much away. Um, first date should be like uh, no money, no plan. Right. Let's just let's just get to know each other without all the bells and whistles. But if several hours into it, it's going well, you know, people look, get hungry. So propose a, a meal at that point, but don't meet somebody new for dinner. That's insane. And uh, that's referenced a couple of times in this in this portion that you're going to hear. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to share with you during these free bonus Fridays are these university discussion groups that we've been having. But I feel like I need to clear that with some of the people who are participating in these conversations because uh, we've we've gotten into some very controversial territory around uh, current events. If you have purchased the Ideas into Action Summit, you are welcome to join the Discord. There is you should have a Discord invite link. If you don't, email me Brett at schoolsucksproject.com. I will send you one. We do weekly discussion groups Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I know that's not ideal for everybody, but it's gone really well. We've been doing these for almost a month now. I'm starting the next one in 43 minutes. Mondays are exclusively for university participants. And then um, on Wednesday and Friday, I opened it up to students from Richard Grove's autonomy course. So it's been a good meeting of the mind so far, and I hope it continues, and I hope it grows. And I hope if you are somebody who went to sspuniversity.com slash ideas into action, and got the digital downloadable copy, but missed, you know, the initial run back in October. And then we canceled the live encore because it was like right in the middle of the pandemic. And I wanted the people, a lot of people came from Tom Wood's audience. I was really grateful for that. I wanted you all to, you know, have a chance to participate in in discussions, whether they're about university topics or, or beyond that, just applying this stuff to the chaos of the world today. I, I feel like, you know, the content of that summit which was about better research, synthesis, and persuasion skills is really ideal for a lot of what is happening around us right now. So it's not too late. It's still there. And you can get into these discussions Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And like I said, it's been a joy so far. Here is the last third of my appearance on the 2018 Contra Cruise. It's me, Tom Woods, and a bunch of really bright people that I really enjoyed talking to. Thanks for taking the time to listen to these. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You can go to schoolsucksproject.com slash AV to see all support options. And you can always go to patreon.com slash schoolsucks to get immediate access to everything we've done since 2016. That includes the Picture of the Month Club, In Pursuit of Utopia, The Discomfort Zone, and a bunch of standalone supporter-only shows. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great weekend. I am about to get into my car and drive up to Acadia National Park in Maine. Do you know about this place? Take out a map.
go to your map room and get out your map of the state of Maine and look at the spectacular landscape of this national park. I'm going up there camping and uh, yeah, you know, that's it. That's I just uh, I hope you have a great weekend, too. Thanks for listening and take care. Uh, can you explain your views on the, the moonlight? I don't have strong views on it. I just I I think that. OK. Oh, no. All right. In a nutshell, I think it's totally plausible that there, there's any time. Um, and this goes back to conspiracy theories, too. Anytime there's sort of an anomaly or like NASA alters a photograph or colors a photograph, it opens this door for conspiracy theorists to say, see, they altered a photograph. They colorized a photograph. Why would they do that, right? So one of the, uh, the things that like blew this conspiracy to the scale that it's on now is anomalies in the video footage of them landing on the moon. And I've just said, like, maybe, they're, maybe that's not on the moon, right? If you put it in the context of, I know this sounds crazy, but let's just, let's just do this for one more minute. The, put it in the context of the times. The United States has just had its most traumatic decade since the Civil War, the 1960s. The moon landing, which happens five months before the end of the decade, as JFK promised it would, before he became the first of several very tragic assassinations in that same decade, said, by the end of the decade, we will do this thing. It, they could have totally been able to do it. It could have you know, been uh, not easy, but definitely something they were capable of doing, and they could have done it successfully. But to do it and to broadcast it, even with some degree of delay onto the television screens of this emotionally wounded nation, um, also at the height of the Cold War, where... The space race is obviously a metaphor for the arms race, and the U.S. is entering into another war, which is on the surface about fighting communism. Do they really want to expose themselves to a situation where they, you know, the launch happens? I mean, real time on Earth, right? People know when the rocket goes up because you know it makes quite a scene when that happens, and then you know it's tracked, and people are watching this on television, and then it comes time to for the lander to go down, and then what if the lander doesn't go back up? And what if these guys are just suffocating, you know, and stuck on the moon? It's a bad ending to the decade. Doesn't heal a nation. Uh, doesn't uh, make it look like we're winning the, the, uh, the arms race. So I've just said it's possible. It's not even a conclusion, right? I'm just saying it's possible that the footage you see is something that is to cover for the real footage. But it doesn't say anything about whether or not it really happened. Which I have no idea. I mean, one of the things that makes a conspiracy theory like so compelling is the ignorance that, that people have in areas that they really need to know about to make a conclusion, right? Like, you have to understand all kinds of scientific concepts to know if it's possible to, to send a rocket from the Earth to the Moon. You have to know all kinds of complicated things about ballistics to know if JFK was shot with one bullet or three, right? 9-11, of course, probably the biggest one of this century, same thing, right? There's so much science involved that most people are just completely ignorant to. So in that vacuum, it's easy for them to make conclusions based on appeals to ignorance, saying like, well, how could this happen, you know? Because they don't know. So if they don't know, they can just fill in the answer they want. 
you know? So that's, that, that ignorance is kind of what, it, it's not, a, I'm not deriding the people who believe these things, but it is like in that ignorance, that, or the, that void, they can put the conclusion that they want and not feel like, and they don't have to wrestle with any internal contradictions in doing that because they don't have enough information for contradictions to exist. Right. Right. So what you're saying is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the moon landing, even if even if that was done and was real, yeah, it's still pretty likely they made a fake version of it just to cover for. I have no. What I'm saying is, I have no problem believing that. I have no problem believing, and I don't even really think it's like super controversial to say that the footage we've all seen is not them on the moon. Right. But I'm not saying that I need you guys to believe that, or that even I believe that. I'm just saying that it's you know a possibility. Also, I mean, what you could be saying is that imagine yourself in that situation. You're the president or you're in charge of things. Wouldn't you, just in case things go south, wouldn't you want to cover yourself? Now, again, the could very well it. be. Yeah. very well be they went there. You don't have to dispute that. But you're telling me you wouldn't want to have a backup in case this unprecedented thing you're trying blows up in your face? You don't mm-hmm. want to have a backup? So I think that's plausible for that reason alone. Has anyone ever heard of the documentary? I think it's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. Yeah. But it could be called something else. But it's interviews with, like, Donald Rumsfeld. And they're, like, it's deceptively edited to make you think that it's all talking about how the government went to Stanley Kubrick to get him to fake the moon landing. So then it's like somebody, somebody's telling that they're, they're going into this narrative and they're saying, and then they reached out to Stanley Kubrick, and it cuts to Donald Rumsfeld, and he's going, you know, I knew he was the right guy. <laughs> All the moon landing people believe this, right? That this was, it's, it's like a, a satire of conspiracy theories, and they all believed it was for, people have sent me the link to this, have you seen this? Have you seen this? <laughs> so, uh, th- that want to believe is something that we obviously have encountered beyond the world of conspiracy theorists, right? And that's a big part of what I was talking about. So, anyone else? We have time. Well, one more. Well, let me say one more thing, and then if there's time, you can you can do another one. Um, I was talking about like these were kind of like lessons that I learned from socializing more. And yesterday I was talking about like being on Tom's show at the end of 2016 and being all bent out of shape about you know this kind of hopelessness of you know I've been doing this thing for like eight years and all these like Seth Meyers and John Daly and Trevor Noah are swooping in getting to these kids first with this seductive proposition that you know if we can laugh at you we're better than you and. Then the social justice war thing happens throughout 2016 and 2017, and I feel like this obligation to be hyper-focused on it, and I'm sucked into like viewing the world through this screen where I'm just you know, editing into my reality all of these bad situations, and also doing that kind of libertarian victory lap where I'm almost delighted when I hear about something else at Evergreen University, even though it's horrible, even though it should be, should be so sad that these things are happening, but it's like, it's... Adding to the weight of my of the validity of my worldview, so part of me kind of likes it when that happens. But like, I realized it was very unhealthy for me. Now, some people have different kinds of constitutions, right? Like, I I interviewed Scott Horton 
a while ago, and I'm like, um, yeah, like how do you do this without you know jumping out a window? How do you immerse yourself in this level of negativity that at the same time is so negative and so tragic, but so far beyond your sphere of control, right? The international relations in U.S. foreign policy. Like to focus so much attention there on something that you can't directly affect as you're getting current, like update after update after horror of horror after horror, right? I would break apart trying to do something like that. But Scott Horton can do it, right? I, I don't know how. I tried to get him to help me understand, but because he's Scott Horton, and you know, obviously nothing against him, he, he had trouble understanding why I didn't understand, you know? It was just sort of like this, uh, it, was, it was an interesting interaction um, where I realized how different we, we, we are. And there's some people who can just do this, but I'm not one of those people. And this occurred to me when I kind of took an inventory of how I was feeling in 2017. So what I decided to do was get in my car and operate entirely, or as much as I could in my sphere of control, and drive all around the country and just meet people in my audience, right? And, and at every stop on what we called School Socks Across America, this was something that we were talking about. How are we going to reach people? Not so much with these bigger, like the, the broader ideas, but more specifically with the messages of alternative education. You know, how are we going to project this idea into the mainstream? And what I learned was that these people had, in many places, like, you know, Columbus, Ohio, uh, in Kansas, in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, in Chicago, they had this like increasing illumination in their own area where they were leading by example, right? They were doing the only thing that they, they, they were living their principles, they were living their values, and then other people could see that, and those people could decide whether they were attracted to that or not. But they had all built these hubs across the country just based on living their values. And I think that, you know, in the whole uh, Jeff's thing about the Hayekian approach versus the Rothbardian approach, almost all of us are working from that Rothbardian approach, uh, from the bottom up. And, you know, we can, like, not everybody's doing home education, but we can all sort of divide our lives into categories and then do an honest assessment of how much liberty we have in each one of those categories, right? How much freedom do we have in our relationships? How much freedom do we have in our children's education? How much freedom do we have in our schedules or our location or our finances? And then we can you know, decide what's most important and strive for more freedom in those areas. And then in that area where we, like I obviously have you know, insane schedule and location independence and there's a couple of those other areas of freedom that I'm still working on, but if I can start like showing a good example of that, maybe other people are attracted to that and they want to know more about that, you know? I'd be mean, like, I argued with people in my family for a decade, and it wasn't until like I started to. Like, I remember my dad got on Facebook right just a couple of years ago, and he said, "Your life looks uh, pretty interesting, pretty cool." And I was like, "Yeah, I've been trying to tell you guys this for like uh, you know eight years, but to 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 finally, it was I'm really grateful that I finally had something to show for the decisions that I made in my life based on these ideas, right?" I could be a high school principal right now, 
if I continue, if I hadn't encountered all this stuff when I did, and just continued on the track that I was on, and successfully moved down that track, I would be a principal of a public school right now. So yeah, just let that sink in. <laughs> so um, I want. I know I said yesterday that like I operated out of my comfort zone coming here. I knew it was a lot of people in, who weren't in my audience. I knew it was a lot of people who were really smart. I was worried that everything I was going to come up here and say, people are going to go, yeah, dude, we're adults. We know. You know? Um, so, so I appreciate the, you know, the positive feedback, but I'm, I'm very grateful to have had, you know, night after night, so many interactions with people who are, are living these principles in ways that I think are interesting and inspiring, and it's, it's been awesome to be included in this. So that's it. get out of here. I read there's something you said in your story about uh, the college professor. Here, take my uh, take my dates chair. Ooh. There you go. So it's the um, well, doesn't the fact that all these smart people think the same way make you... Yeah, I didn't know what to do with that. I, it's made me decide that I, I think I want to do something on that. I want to write something. I want to do an episode. I want to think, I really want to think that through. Because when I look I can say this in this group because we all know each other and you won't think I'm just being arrogant. But I look at people in entertainment, politics, and academia, and I feel like we have like the most ignorant elite in the history of the world. And yet they go around thinking they're all so smart, and that's why they all think the same way. That's making me crazy. <laughs> I, I know I'm never going to meet most of these people, right. but it makes me crazy that they think they're smarter. That just makes me crazy. Um, it would be one thing if they thought they were morally superior. That would annoy me. Mm -hmm. But that they think it's because of all the knowledge they've impartially acquired. No. So I got to do, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a whole book. I don't know. But I can't, I can't be comfortable realizing. Until I smash it. <laughs> well, yeah, this is a public forum. Smash away. Um, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that the talk inspired uh, yeah. action. Yeah. yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, but... I already, I'm already doing so much, you know. I have all this location and schedule freedom, but if I work on this darn project, that's going to eat into that. So sure. I don't know, but that really gets to me. And I wasn't sure people were still saying that. So now when I heard that somebody is saying that, uh, oh, yeah. I think more than ever. I hear it all the time. Was that a hand? Yeah, I mean, of course they think they're smart. They got good grades their entire lives from the leftist institutions they attend. Yeah, and the way you summarized it, yeah, I know that was hard for that person to hear. But the way you summarize it, all right, well, let's see. Let's recap what your experiences have been. Yeah. And then it basically, you've been a good tape recorder yeah. your whole yeah. life. Yeah. Wow. You're a really good tape recorder. Mm -hmm. I, I think Jonathan, Jonathan Hyde talks about this a lot, right? It's the shift in academia. Because this is what I get all the time. It's like, well, all the professors are left-wing, so maybe they're, what, you know, that's evidence for them that they're right. Yeah. But well, there's been yeah. a shift. In academia, and it's become more and more of an echo chamber. Jonathan Haidt talks a lot about this. The ratio? Yeah, the ratio. Has changed. It was like four yeah. to one, maybe when I was in college, and now it's like and, 17. And there's no counterbalance anymore right. to the opinions, so that so that you get the healthy exchange of ideas, where you can't just, like, ideas can't, just can't go crazy, but now that's not the case. Well, in, in the 60s, when the progressives were doing their thing as hippies, they were all about free speech. Then they took over universities, they got in control, they're not so much in free speech anymore. So not only is there no interest in it because the 
other side is, is dumb. Right. And, and, and unhuman and probably... Irresponsible. irresponsible. Also irresponsible. Also very irresponsible. Um, they don't have anything to add or say. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so you can just... Not only can you ignore them because they're meaningless, you should ignore them because they're dangerous. And, and, that, and if you look at the way, I think I made a point about this, like the CNN to SNL range yes. of you know, commentary on what's happening yeah. in the world is so lazy and uncreative as a result yes. of what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Hang on just one second for the, on the question. Um, because we are kind of implicit, there was no strict uh, uh, stopping point here, but it was kind of understood that it would just be an hour. We are going a little bit over that in this little informal chat. So you're not hurting our feelings if you want to get up and go or go on because we'll probably you know talk another ten minutes. You're not hurting our feelings. It's no, it's not impolite to get up and go. Okay, Jim first, and then Jim. Fred, I would just like to ask: Have you had any conspiracy theories that you look back and you say, I think it really did happen this way? I mean, that you look back that maybe happened ten, twenty years ago. They said, ah, it's conspiracy theory, but now knowing what you know about the state or the evilness. The only example that uh, that I have that I think relates to that is I was in graduate school, and, and this was like long resolved, but it, it's the best answer to your question I can probably give. So it's probably like 2004, and I was up late starting some research project. So I was on um, whatever, Ask Jeeves, um, <laughs> doing uh, you, you know like before, like even before you go into the journals, right? I'm just like trying to get some kind of a roadmap of the topic that I'm dealing with. And I'm, you know, I'm, my, my master's is uh, educational leadership, it's called. So in one of the searches, I don't remember the terms that I entered, but it was uh, dumbing us down is the search result. So it was by John Taylor Gatto. It was like a synopsis of John Taylor Gatto's book um, by the same name, dumbing us down. And I remember sitting there and really like contemplating that. Now I was pretty much like, I guess, like I would have identified as a Democrat, you know, at the time, this was like 2004. And I said, that's that's an interesting idea. Like if there was somebody who wanted to control how people think, I'm just using the vocabulary I had available at the time, being very naive. Yeah, you would use the school to do it. Like, how else would you do it? You know, like, so that would be a perfect kind of um, tool to shape society however you want to shape it. This is never having, you know, encountered Gatto anywhere else, never having heard Free Talk Live, Free Domain Radio, Tom Woods, never having read Rothbard, never having read Ayn Rand, none of that, right? None of that has entered my consciousness at this point, but I say that's an interesting idea. But it's also kind of crazy and not true, and, and likely not true. So, and it wasn't helpful to whatever I was trying to write some, you know, nonsense uh, paper on either. So I closed it and kind of forgot about it. And then it was Free Talk Live, Free Domain Radio, Complete Liberty Podcast. For a new liberty, like all that, like really fast, like in 2006, 2007. And I talked about taking this collage of confusion about knowing there was a problem in education, but not knowing, like, like it just seemed like a bunch of disparate ideas. And then understanding it through the libertarian philosophy, um, making it into this sort of cohesive mind map, okay, where there's this idea of coercion in the center, right? 
the school, the, these, these natural learning tools are sucked out of people through this process because they're coerced into going, right? They're coerced into learning certain things. They're um, prevented from learning other things all through this process of, of, of pretty much coercion. And that's also the funding mechanism for this system. And then that explains almost all of the problems in some form. So at that point, Gatto, maybe like 2010, somebody gives me a copy of the Underground History of American Education, uh, which at that point I still hadn't read or hadn't even heard of. And it's kind of like a cleverly designed book. It looks like a college textbook. Um, but it has the goods on everybody who tried to influence uh, the public school system from the progressives right up and right up through the 1960s with a lot of like the B.F. Skinner inspired behaviorist experiments that took place in schools of education and then were passed into the public schools as things like outcomes based education where tests are not really some some tests in May it's not across the country but in a lot of states there are standardized tests that are also testing for attitude outcomes as much as they're testing for aptitude. So like the students will leave school feeling this way about themselves or about them, their, their families. And if people want to learn more about outcomes-based education, the person to Google would be Peg Luxick. There, she's actually in Pennsylvania where she I am. She ran for governor of Pennsylvania. I voted for her. Okay, yeah, <laughs> great. Um, so the rest of you know I'm not lying. That was like in the 80s. That was like in the 80s. Yeah, 80s and 90s. And um, you, you could search YouTube and find a video called Who Controls Our Children. But still, even though I have like a cohesive picture of the problem in education, it's all just theory. And Gatto comes in, who spent 30 years in the public schools, right? 30 years in the public schools. And so much of his story is similar to these like vague frustrations that I'm not able to really get a shape of but just these feelings that I have about so many things that I'm doing or that were done to me as a student, but also now that I'm doing as a teacher without learning that lesson, without just saying like, okay, well, this is what a good teacher does, so this is what I should do, you know? So um, I, on the first encounter, one late night in a school library, I say, that's a crazy theory. And then six years later, it is like the most important resource in driving my project forward. I think that's probably a good example of what Thank you're you. saying. Jennifer, do you have a question? Also the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> More of a statement. One of the things that I'm finding lately is I think if we were the people that they think we were, I wouldn't like this either. So I feel yeah. really bad when I hear I hear so much pain on the other side because they are seeing monsters, and they're not seeing us at all, not even a little bit. And, and I'm trying to bridge that, that gap. I mean, they see a bunch of people who refuse to open a science textbook and are intentionally going to destroy the planet. It makes me feel so sad for them that that's how they see us. And so I'm, I'm trying to explain. Number one, let them know by mirroring. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I, I, I get it. You know. And then to let them, and then to try and say, and I have done some other reading too. And this, I, I, I've learned a few things also. And and I'm not just, I'm not starting backwards from where you think I am. I'm actually have, have learned a few more things, and and these are the things that I've learned, and try and and at least help them understand the 
who we are, because I really don't think they get it. And when, like, for example, I talked to my mother, New York City Democrat. Yeah. Okay, staunchly. And she says to me, yes, dear, I know, I understand libertarian. You're a libertarian, just like Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a quote. Yeah. Now, that is a quote. Now, here's the thing. I looked it up. Donald Rumsfeld calls himself a libertarian. <laughs> CNN calls Donald Rumsfeld a libertarian. I understand why she thinks I'm Donald Rumsfeld. Does she know how you felt about the war? Uh-huh. Yes, she... Rumsfeld well, ran that war. <laughs> just goes to show how duplicitous libertarians are. But, that, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's she hears. Hell. That's what she sees. So I'm trying to say, <coughs> if I was who you're seeing, I wouldn't like me either, because I don't like Donald Rumsfeld, and he sucks. So it's it's very hard to get past all the 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 wrong information that they get all the time, all day long. There's a lot of really, really wrong stuff that's said about us. And, and incidentally, it's it's not just CNN. I mean. It, the, the stupid conservatism ink doesn't help. Remember back in uh, 2011, CPAC, their biggest conference oh, of the yeah. year, they wow. honored Donald Rumsfeld as the defender of the Constitution. Yeah. Right. And they gave him a special award. And you spoke there, right? Yeah, and, I, and we gave Ron Paul our own award at CPAC as the defender of the Constitution. And, and, and we were told, by the way, we were told by that, this is off the record, but... <laughs> 